Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. All right, we are back with another weekly jump, a normal weekly jump. Uh, last week, we again did a awesome crossover episode. It was super fun. Um, yeah, that was a good one. But we, we are back to discuss some really fantastic things this week. Man, both of these were fantastic. Um, yeah. I, uh, I knew about one of them being fantastic because I've been obsessed with this show now for the entire time it's been out. Um, but the other one was a revelation. (laughs) Yeah. So we're, uh, we're going to be covering Bungo stray dogs. Although in the English dub at the end of the first episode, he, he said Bungo stray dogs. So I don't know. I'm so used to saying Bungo. I'm probably going to alternate between the two. Uh, that's going to be our anime for the week. And then the manga is called Muyo and Roji's Bureau of Supernatural Investigation. And it is a long running manga that I, I don't think is running anymore. But uh, I got confused when I logged onto it on the Viz website because they were like, click here to follow the series. And I was like, I think this is over, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I I was really excited to pick both of these. When you first told me about Bungo Stray Dogs... It sounded amazing and I wanted to watch it. And then I tried to watch it on Crunchyroll and it wouldn't work. (laughs) Uh, Like I would go, I would go to watch it and it would just like not, it would just not play. Like it would say it wasn't available or it would just not start. Um, So I was really excited to finally get some watching in on it. And then Muyu and Roji, I remember many years ago when I had the uh, physical copy of Shonen Jump uh, mailed to me every month. That they, I don't think they included a chapter in it, but they would advertise it. And the artwork, which we'll talk about more when we get into covering it, always intrigued me. Um, and I yeah. love, I love supernatural stories, so I was always intrigued. I'm really happy that we got around to reading it. And yeah, I think both of these are great. So let's, uh, let's, let's jump in. Sure. Uh, before we do that, though, we are still doing our giveaway. Um, this is going to be for the uh, One Punch Man Season 1 soundtrack. Um, it is uh, still the keyword is going to be Crab Lante. Um, if you are someone who has ate too much crab, um, be prepared. You're about to turn into a crab monster. Yeah. Um, and but, ball chain uh, boys are going to draw nipples on you. <laughs> yep, that's going to gonna work. And yeah, uh, so chance. let's go ahead and get into this and uh with our screen time of bungo stray dogs and man oh man uh were you as impressed by this show as i was um because it starts off with just a fantastic premise i am almost as impressed with this show as you are i think i so i've actually been reading the manga for a couple months now actually so i'm, I'm a, a decent amount of the story further than w- what i watched today which was three episodes and uh, I I think that there is something about the way that the story is told and the way that the characters are designed visually and the way that their powers are designed that is just like 90% of what I want. And I can't quite put my finger on that 10%, but there is something about the whole presentation of this package where I'm like, this is almost exactly perfect for me, but not quite. Like if I were making this, there would be something that I can't put my finger on that I would do a little bit differently. Probably it would feel a little more like bleach. Hate me or love me. I am what I am. (laughs) And 
but yeah, okay, so the premise is that these characters are all famous authors uh, or poets or, or maybe philosophers, I don't know. There's there's a good mix of people, and then they have supernatural powers based off of famous works or quotes from their works and stuff like that. Yeah, so if you didn't know that, though, you would just assume that they are... Uh, a couple of characters inside of a world that work for a uh, supernatural investigation uh, that is part of, I guess the they're part of the military. I guess I I've never no, I think completely. I think they're like a detective agency. So like, kind of like how the de- detective uh, a, t- a detective agency isn't a part of the police force, even though mm-hmm. the police force may employ their own detectives and they will do similar work. But the detective agency is sort of a not extrajudicial, but it's like it's a it's it's not illegal. It's it's not quite like vigilante illegal vigilanteism or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it is not the sort of like state sponsored police force. Is yeah. the impression that I get. Although this, there is some crossover stuff that will happen much later on inside of the show um, yeah. that will make you really question where their allegiances lie. Yeah, I'm um, not sure how also, legal this is. <laughs> yeah, that. there's also there's also a huge huge problem inside of this anime um, with uh, or not the problem with the anime, but a problem that the characters inside of the anime that are dealing they are dealing with, which is that the underworld of psychic crime is rampant um, and it is all tied up with different Yakuza and different gang members and different big crime syndicates of different kinds. Um, And uh, it turns out when people have different psychic abilities, um, it causes some additional headaches that you wouldn't expect um, to run into. Uh, uh, There's, there's like an episode that's pretty, pretty early on um, inside of the show that has, a horrible, horrible bloodbath that happens inside of it. Um, And it is all caused by a single person. Um, And that is one of those things that you deal with inside of this world. Um, You also deal with our main character who has the ability to turn into a were-tiger. And he (laughs) also can turn different parts of his body into different kinds of were-tiger-ness. He can also... It seems it seems like yes the power is like the strength of a tiger that is very big but also it is more exaggerated than that yeah um, it's like a magic a, tiger yeah he is insanely strong inside of some of these things like a normal tiger can't ram into the ground and break it the cement that it lands on yeah um, well know. in the third episode he gets shot nearly point blank by a machine gun and the bullets just bounce off of him. And that yeah. is, I believe after he regenerates a limb that was cut off yeah. by turning into a tiger. So the, this is definitely magical. And I think, uh, yeah, this is, it's a really fun series. It's definitely one that I'm going to want to keep my eye on. It's got a mm-hmm. lot of the sort of off the wall powers thing that Spencer and I really respond to lots of interesting conflicts um, I think that the one thing that is a little bit of a stumbling block for me is that the characters, when they're just interacting with each other, like the characters of the detective, detective agency are all 
quirky in a way that is very almost cartoonish, but also yes. very anime. So it it's cartoonish in the way that it's not for kids. So like one of them is like a brother and sister pairing that seem a little too into each other. One of them <laughs> is a guy that keeps trying to kill himself. But yes. in, in a way that I like I, I'm not triggered by suicide. If you are triggered by suicide, obviously you want to approach this with care, but it is it's not taken very seriously. So I'm not sure yeah. how triggering this would be unless it is just a subject that you can't do. But otherwise, yeah. it's pretty it's it, I, I hate to say this, but it is like suicide attempts played for comedy because it, yeah, he, it is definitely that it's it is like it's kind of like um, it, it's like a character doing you know, a character in anime doing something really overblown because they're obsessed with the art or the beauty of it. Like he he wants to he he seems to want to commit suicide as a statement or as an art piece rather than because yeah, he's miserable it, or something like that. So it's, it's it's almost as if he idolizes and uh and he he sort of um maybe not idolizes but more so he romanticizes, romanticizes. Yeah. yeah um he really has these moments too where he's in different places and he starts to imagine different ways that he would kill himself inside of it like in the first episode there's a moment where they're sitting inside of a restaurant um and he looks up and he sees a beam that goes across the top of the table and he talks about how he's like oh the beauty of that beam it would be a beautiful place to hang yourself from um and yes, so it's it's, it's just it's, it's just quirky it's really quirky and i know for my part the action sequences and the plot surrounding the action like the the reason that the action sequences are happening is pretty intense i mean it isn't it's Mm -hmm. a yakuza underground gang war kind of thing very high stakes and then the characters outside of that are sort of like super goofy completely unaffected by the seriousness of the situation and Mm -hmm. that is a bit oil and water for me and that's definitely one of those things where i'm like this series is an almost perfect for me but a not quite that said, yeah. I do find the characters to be pretty entertaining most of the time. I find the powers to be pretty interesting, even if they are a, a little bit more off the wall than even the regular off the wall anime powers are. Like this, this is a series. You know, you watch Naruto, you watch you watch Bleach, you watch those big ones where they have these powers that sort of do things that you've seen before, but maybe with a little bit of a twist. And Mm -hmm. then you'll have a a character come along once in a while that does something totally off the wall. And you're just like, that's wild that they like came up with this ability and then made it work in this universe. Bungo Stray Dogs is almost entirely those characters. The ones with the really weird powers where you're like, I don't even know if I could completely explain this to you. And when I'm done explaining it to you, you'll be like, I don't know how that could be a power. (laughs) Yeah, like one of my favorite ones is uh, there's going to be uh, one of them that is perfect detective. Um, he yeah. has the ability to completely understand things and predict how they are going to end because of his ability. Um, uh, this is a play on Sherlock Holmes, um, and it is a play of like uh, completely understanding your situation that you're in in order to figure out the most important thing that's going to happen at the end of it. Um, 
and that's that's his ability that he's going to use um it's it's a really intriguing ability there's also um one of my favorite ones which uh, i've i've seen on the bungo stray dogs not a lot of people are a super fan of this ability but i love this one um which is uh the character that can write into his book and it, it when he writes into his book he can manifest the thing that he has written into his book yeah. um it is a really cool ability but the problem with it is that he is locked into the size of the book so mm. it's it's he can't manifest anything he can only manifest the thing that is the size of the book itself, which is a yeah. really cool stipulation to have. Um, I, I also, I, I would say that this show, getting back to like the wackiness of the characters mixed in with the action of the anime, um, I always tell people when they're talking about like Bungo Stray Dogs or getting into Bungo Stray Dogs, and if they might be interested in it, I tell them that it is as if Joss Whedon had done a shonen anime. That mm. that is what you should expect when you are getting into Bungo Stray Dogs. Yeah, ignoring um, all be- of the uh, bad press that he's been getting recently. I guess so, but I, it's more so like uh, if you if you were a fan of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the wackiness of the characters inside of that show, um, but having a super intense thing that is happening inside of their world, that's what you should be looking at. Um, yeah, it is. Very intense and cool th- and funny. I th- <laughs> yes, I think the premise. Uh, I think the maybe maybe for me the the stumbling block that keeps me from pushing it from a nine to a ten is that the premise is so good. Like, let's take take characters who are sort of like very fictionalized versions of these famous authors and give them powers based off of their famous works. Like there's one that's uh, the guy, uh, gr- the grapes of wrath is his power. And it's so cool. And it, it's just like, that's awesome. Like the grapes of wrath actually does sound like kind of a cool anime attack or, or power set. And it is. And that's such a fun imaginative premise and I, I think for me, one of the biggest challenges that I've had with this series is that that premise is such a grabber that it sets my emotion or it sets my imagination on like hyperdrive. And I can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about authors that I would like to, you know, see like this is their great work. How do you, you know, turn that great work into a power and, you know, make sure that that power stands out in a world of other authors with other powers. And and that's Mm. so much fun. And then I think the series, uh, not, not always is the power being interpreted in the way that I was like, Oh, I, I would maybe have thought about that differently. And also I think that premise is just so exciting that the sort of mechanics of turning it into a plot can sometimes not rise to that level of excitement if you are the kind of person who gets excited by a premise like that for me. And even so, I still really enjoy this. So there's yeah, there's a silly asterisk that honestly a lot of you are probably not going to experience. And and mm-hmm. with that asterisk, I would still wholeheartedly recommend to this. Also, the animation's yeah. really good. 
It is very, very good. Uh, especially the fight scenes are unreally good. Um, they, But aside from that as well, it has a really interesting art style. Um, and it, it, it has a really cool way that it blends in its two different art styles um, inside of the way that they do the anime. Yeah. Uh, hey, that Spencer. all being said... I would say it is definitely a jump in for me. Yeah, um, me and too. speaking of art styles, let's get into our page flips. <laughs> Spencer, I have a question for you. Okay. What what's up? if Tim Burton made it a manga? Oh my God. So here we go. Um, this is Muyo and Roji's Bureau of Ed Supernatural Investigations. Um, first, uh, first and foremost, we have Roji, a normal guy who just has to do his job. And then we have Moyo, <laughs> who is a small monster human um, <laughs> who is uh, doing, um, you know, Hades' work um, by trapping human souls and demons um, by locking them in with a book that he reads out of to yeah. tell them what law that they have broken. This yeah. manga is crazy. Um, the animation also, style is fantastic, or oh, the, so the art good. style is fantastic. It is so off the norm of a normal anime style, which is something that I really, really liked. And mm -hmm. the last thing about it is that it blends in both a normal anime style that is just like, oh, it's cool, and it's a little bit weird, it's a little bit wacky, it's a little bit off the wall, and then all of a sudden it blends together horrible horror anime. <laughs> yes. I think that's the strength of this. And you know what? If, you, if you've never seen a picture of Muyo and Roji, uh, you can look... You can look it up and you'll see immediately just from the character design of Muyo, who is the short, uh, dark-haired one with a cloak on. The way yeah. that his face... A mogwai face... who's come to life and turned into a human. <laughs> <laughs> the way that his face is shaped, the way that his eyes are shaped and sized and placed on the face, the way that his mouth looks when he's smiling, it's made to look, on the one hand, sort of creepy in a cute cartoon way but also creepy in a very unsettling not quite right way and oh yeah i would he is, say he is really upsetting to look at sometimes <laughs> yeah and it really as somebody who's not the biggest tim burton fan it really made me think about my positive associations with tim burton where i think tim burton has a really strong style and uh, that really shows up in a lot of his visual aesthetic, especially in the like animated and claymation pieces that he's done. And mm -hmm. this artwork feels like that, where you're watching an animated show or, or movie, and then you watch a Tim Burton animated show or movie. And you can tell, even in the characters that look a little more traditional, there's something off. Um, yeah. I think the artwork for a lot of the non-Muyo characters reminds me a lot of the some of the comedy manga that i've been reading lately like mori king where it's a it's a little bit blockier it's a little bit more stylized um but but still looks you know like a, a relatively expected sort of anime person but then there's muyo and there's these like spirits that show up and there's these like i don't know hell mouths and things and they just oh my god when just, he just it, it's he, so he it's so freaky he summons 
Yeah, go, he go, summons go. the mouth of hell. Yeah, or it's the mouth awesome. of Hades. And um it it comes up and it swallows a spirit inside of the episode, and then the spirit is like spit up um just for a moment um while she's trying to like come to terms with the spirit and trying to convince it that it's okay. Um and then right before it swallows it whole again, it starts speaking and telling her like if you don't let go, I'm taking both of you, except for it has to be translated by Muyo. This is just a really cool, weird manga. It is yeah. it is probably one of the most intriguing manga that I have read so far this year. Um, there have been a lot of fantastic ones that I read last year, um, but this one is the coolest one so far. And it, because it, it is an older manga... Um, it's one of those that you can run through already um, through the multiple, multiple chapters. So if you're a binge reader, um, this one is definitely for you. Um, yeah. If you are somebody who likes uh, horror-adjacent manga or anime, it is definitely going to be for you. And then the last one that I would suggest for people is that if you are somebody who likes uh, a, a supernatural feel with a comedy shtick that is a, a really solid comedy shtick attached to it, um, you're going to really like this one as well. And the the most recent manga that I can, or anime that I can think about that has a good example of this is Mob Psycho 100. Um, oh. Mob Psycho 100 is definitely more ridiculous than this manga is, um, but the, there's a lot of the trappings of the kind of humor that they play around with in Mob Psycho that you're going to see kind of like the, the you know, the alpha or the beta version of it in Muyo and Roji. Um, there's there's a lot of like the the fun, quippy back and forth that Mob and his uh, detective friend um, have going back and forth. Um, Roji is definitely kind of a little bit more demure and Muyo is like this uh, more... Uh, misunderstood weird character that has to be a little bit almost um, decoupled from humanity at some points. He's like, a little there's Adam's many different times. Ish. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of moments where they have to explain that there is an echelon of these people that have to understand inside of the world all the way up to the people that can evict the law or they can enact the laws that cause the magic to occur for spirits to be exercised from the world. And Muyo is the very top echelon of these people. He is, uh, I think it's like six tiers above Roji's. Um, and Roji is yeah. like a, a, a lower tier that makes decisions. And my favorite thing is that Muyo is like, what would you do here, Roji? And he, Roji's like, I'll explain what I'm going to do. And Muyo's like, okay, you're wrong. I'm not going to explain why, but let's continue on. And I'm just <laughs> like, that's hilarious to me. Um, and the way that they do their humor is a, a really solid style. It is... I would say that there is a lot of that, like, Adam's Family comedy to it as well. Yeah. Like, a little bit unnerving, but still funny. Um, so I I would I would suggest this. This is definitely a jump in for me. I, I think this is one of those um, that I would pick up and keep on reading, and I probably am going to over the next couple of weeks when I get time. Um, it's one of those that I'm, like, uh, so intrigued by. Um and it is also one of those that you can pick up, read, and then set back down because it's a monster of the week. 
Um, so it's it's definitely one that you can just like um, take each case episodically and not have to worry about. There might be an overarching storyline that I'm not into yet, but right now it's just like two fun guys on their capers. So it's yeah. it's really a fun to do that way as well. Yeah, in the um, in the so I read the first three chapters, and in the third chapter, there is a suggestion that there might be an overarching plot starting to develop. Uh, and this series runs for 156 chapters, 18 volumes of manga. So it, it's got a lot of legs. Uh, I would say whether or not it develops an ongoing story, I'm interested in in seeing more of this because I tend to not respond as well to episodic things. I really like an overarching story and uh, even things like, I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a very popular series. I have a hard time getting through more than one episode at a time because I know that the episodes, you know, it, you know, in these like 20 plus episode seasons, you're only going to have about six that are kind of connecting the main plot of the season from from start to finish. And most of the other ones are going to be advancing it very little, if at all, while having a monster of the week thing. And usually that's a bit of a turnoff to me. There is something about the art and the storytelling and the humor of this series that just works. There's a a sort of deftness to the joke telling where the humor is there, but they don't overblow it. It do, They don't let it overstay its welcome. It's just these, these quick little jokes, these quick little sight gags, and then they move on. And the, the horror elements are genuinely creepy. There's, there is an energy to the artwork even when they're kind of like sitting around and wait, waiting for something to happen when they're kind of on a stakeout or something, there's just, there, there's a sense of movement, both in the way that the, the panels are drawn, but also in the way that the story is being told. There's a, there's a momentum behind it that I think belies a really strong storyteller. And of course, for such a long running series, I can't say that that's going to last forever, but I will say that it is off to an excellent start. And for as many stories that don't manage to uphold the potential that they show at the beginning, there are just as many that do. And I would love to dig into more of Muyo and Roji to see if it's one of those that really can withstand the tests of time. And uh, I think you should too. It's a, it's definitely a jump in for me. Yeah. Um, with all that being said, stick with us after these credits and uh, we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hey, 
Hello, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind, a site dedicated to all things geeky. From video games to anime, D&D, board games, comics, and more, since 2015, we've worked to provide fresh geek content and reviews every week. A big part of our content expansion has been the creation of our very own podcast network, of which this very show is a part of. And if you're listening to this, chances are you need no introduction to Blake and Spencer, who offer two shows every week covering anime and manga series, both new and old. However, if you're looking for more podcasts to fill your commute, or maybe your new working from home arrangement, we've got a few other shows to spotlight that would be a great addition to any Geek's Media menu. First, there's Comic Book Keepers, where you can join Lance and Chris as they discuss comic books, heroes, and their impact on our lives. If comics aren't really your thing, maybe you're looking to find something exciting out in the geekosphere, do a little exploring, maybe, you can check out John and Ben's Geek Exploration podcast. They cover a variety of topics from video games to the latest Disney announcements, game shows, and more. A real grab bag of geekdom and a fantastic addition to your weekly listening. Maybe you're a Dungeons & Dragons fan. Well, I would invite you to join the Knights of the Rolled Table, a comedic and family-friendly audio drama featuring a cast of improv actors bringing their unique flair to D&D. Whatever your geeky interests, chances are we've got a podcast for you, and we're excited to offer convention access, giveaway content, and more as part of our continued partnership with Blake & Spencer Get Jumped. See you next time. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look, if your best friend wants to hold your hand, it, just hold her hand. Don't throw her in front of a train. It's it's just it's just it's it's going to lead to some heartbreak. So I mean just best, just don't throw your friend in front of a train. Just don't do that. Best friend though? Just best friends? Are they just best friends? <laughs>